Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together, we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Quartz Lux Undermount Kitchen Sink from LK. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man versus Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome into DC On Screen, your guide to the DC Universe on film and television. This is episode 248, our DC TV News Edition. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This, the only guy I know who danced with the devil by the pale moonlight and lived to tell about it, my co-host Jason Goss. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> did you? Did you? I did. <laughs> All right. Hit so me, on DC TV Hit News. Me news. <laughs> on DC TV News. We normally save animation for later, but in this case... It's the headliner. Screw the screw that shit, man. This is exciting. Young Justice Season 3 has been announced, officially. It's happening, guys. It's happening. Everybody watched the shit out of it on Netflix, bought the shit out of the DVDs, and now we're getting some new shit coming out. Me, personally, I've only seen one episode. I'm actually now looking forward... I think that... I was thinking about it because I told Jason about this news probably an hour ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, are you going to start watching the show again? Or are you going to start picking back up on it? And I thought about it. I said, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it. But the more I've thought about it, the more I think, you know, man, that is more exciting. Because I was aware that there were a bunch of plot lines that were just dropped. That you just don't have because the show ends. And I gotta say, I'm, get to I'm excited. That was uh, specifically I'm, why I'm I was asking, hey, is this enough for you? Is you know, It's nice to know that there's two good seasons of a show, but if it's two good seasons of a show and then you fall off a cliff, mm-hmm. it's hard to get really excited mm-hmm. about it. You know, you don't make time for that show. Yeah. You don't stay up late for it. But it, yeah. I did warn you, though, that you know, it, season one and season two are capsules. Um, mm-hmm. And they are actually different shows, almost. Uh, they actually yeah. do, it, it even has a subtitle on the second season. Absolutely, yeah. Um. But I think, as a whole, they work. There's some stuff that they could have gone forward with, and I, I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to it. But as a whole, like you can watch season one and two and be okay. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be so much more fun. Like I'm going to go back over the uh, Christmas break probably when we get between these shows, and it'll be a, a mixture of Smallville and Young Justice, just because mm-hmm. now I'm excited again. So according to the release, uh, Young Justice season three promises new twists, turns, and dangerous new threats for the team. But most importantly, the opportunity for fans to finally continue the adventures of some of their favorite superheroes. Yes. Uh, they didn't They didn't have a release date. They didn't say who was going to be coming out with this thing, if it was Netflix or who. Uh, Sam Register, president of Warner Brothers Animation and Warner Digital Series, says the affection that fans have had for Young Justice and their rallying cry for more episodes has always resonated with us. We are excited to bring the show back for this loyal fan base and to provide an opportunity for new viewers to discover this excellent series. 
Uh, producers Brandon Vietti of Batman of the Red Hood and Superman Doomsday and Greg Wiseman of Star Wars Rebels and Gargles will be returning to the series. They've also launched a new website, yjs3.com, to keep fans up to date on any latest information with Young Justice Season 3. Um, so, yeah, that is happening, guys. It's extremely exciting. It's it's exciting to me. I don't even I haven't watched the show. Like I said, I've seen one episode. But it's exciting to me in this day and age that we can exact change, even if it's three years later. It was canceled in 2013. It's 2016 now, and we've we've got a confirmation of a season three because with the internet, with you know, you hear all of these like people refer to the internet in a in a pejorative sense now. <laughs> um, like it's well, and it's the often internet. It deserves it. Bunch of, and often it deserves it, but it's, it's situations like this where it's like, no, a bunch of people got together and did a thing over and over again to exact change, yeah. to make sure that the people in power knew this is what we enjoy, this is what we would like to have. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to announce who actually picked this thing up and spent the money on it, because I, I'm gonna I'm going to go analog and send them an actual handwritten thank you letter. Mm-hmm. I don't. Absolutely. I don't think they get enough of those these days. <laughs> they'll never see it. It'll get through security. They'll be like, they'll test it for anthrax. Yeah, it'll get thrown <laughs> away with a discover offer. <laughs> We're like, well, we've been getting a lot of these handwritten thank you notes for about Young Justice season three, but it's not what it seems. What is it? It's pissed off Teen Titan fans that want Teen Titans to go to go away right. and the real Teen Titans to come back. Right. And, it's retribution. You know, we, we always have a, a, a greater chance with uh, <laughs> with something that's an animated show. You, It mm-hmm. is easier to redo that. Just flat out, it's easier to redo that. It, you can't recast live-action people. There's an uproar, you know? But you can recast a voice pretty easily. Like, you can get sound-alikes a lot better than you can actually recast I don't know, face. man. I have seen voice actors, recasting of voice actors, causing more of an uproar than what we got when Rhodey was recast in the, in the Avengers. <laughs> I mean, I, let's not get into Ren and Stimpy. Let's, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think you can pull off one a lot more easily. You can pull it off, but people still get really pissed. I, anyway. I completely agree. Like, yeah, I completely agree. There's going to be a huge amount of people pissed off either way. No doubt about it. But um, mm-hmm. it can be I done. mean, if you think about it, they did like a DCU movie. I think like a change in uh, s- several voice actors and was part of the reason that like mi- ba- uh, Batman Mystery of the Batwoman was is just sort of universally reviled by <laughs> DCAU fans. They're just like, hmm, no, nope. <laughs> Like, well, you got Kevin Conroy. I don't care. No, I don't even give a damn. Don't even the give a damn. The guy that plays Rupert Thorne isn't the same. The guy that plays Penguin isn't the same. No, screw it. <laughs> it's weird. It's just a weird thing. Anyway. It was also just a know. film that felt foreign somehow. I mean, also, it, it was. It, that's double sided, though, too. Um, one, it's easy to recast somebody if you have to. Two, it's a lot easier to get those people back because voice acting is like something you can literally do in an afternoon. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've heard Diedrich Bader brag about how much he loved the Brave and the Bold schedule because he could show up at work at like 11 and be off at 4 uh-huh. and, and and just all he did was talk for a few hours and go home. Like He could drop his kids off at school, come back, get them again. Like he, he, he loved it. And that's just something I've heard about a lot of voice actors, especially the ones that have like a good premium role. You pop in, a mm-hmm. few hours, easy kind of work. You love what you do. It's It's not a bad gig if you can actually make money out of it. Just didn't. Yeah. But you don't have to pay him a ton. Right. (laughs) 
So uh, DCTV has come down the the pike that DCTV hauled in over one billion dollars in 2016. Uh, CEO Jeff Buquez revealed that. Um, so <laughs> don't count on anything going away, guys. <laughs> like yeah. Gotham, Lucifer, like Lucifer, I found out has been raking in like eight million an episode ever, like since it started this season. I can only imagine that Gotham's mean, doing about nine or eight. You do mean eight million viewers? Yeah, eight million viewers per week on Lucifer At across steady. all platforms. Yeah, and DC TV is something like it's not even like fully on Fox. Like Fox has embraced this. WB or CW, WB. God, I just flashed back. Just, to the yeah. <laughs> CW. I understand where your head's at. I just had a ninety stroke, fellas. Um, did you see a dancing frog when you said that? <laughs> I did. It was Michigan J Frog. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> his top had a wagon. Mm-hmm. Look, what I'm saying though is that CW and the Fox, the Fox, um, God, I'm an old man. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> they've pretty much em- embraced the uh, multimedia across all platforms uh, viewpoint of ratings, and that's really who we're dealing with here. So, oh yeah, I mean, you gotta, you got, you gotta include the cord cutters. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I can only imagine what Gotham is doing. Lucifer's eight million an episode. Um, Supergirl had the highest rating for CW on a Monday night since ever. <laughs> um, when it's <laughs> so, if you guys were like sitting around going like, "I hope one of these DC shows get canceled," yeah, you're, you just might as well pack that shit up and take it home with you. Go ahead, because that wish is it, not coming true. Go ahead, for, quit for your now. job. We know you were thinking about it anyway. Just, <laughs> or if, if you were just thinking, I can't get to it, I'm going to have to, you, you're going to have to get that DVR. You, you are. My hope is that they'll somehow condense it into some sort of a, uh, I don't know, some sort of a, all of this entertainment into a form that I can inject, mm-hmm. just, you know, and just experience it. Just a Supergirl pill. Right. Just yeah. like, oh, let me take this pill or let me just shoot up and like, oh, Alex did that. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It was really cool for those three seconds where I experienced an entire hour's worth of entertainment. It's a, it's a funny idea, to... but like if it showed up on Legend of Tomorrow, we would make fun of it endlessly. Like, no, no, that can't be done. <laughs> it absolutely can. Give us a helmet. Give us a helmet with the little things on the side, little suction cups on the right, side. Right, you got to have like, suction cups. Yeah, Lots you got to have wires. Little, and uh, just hit the little button and be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, that was an awesome episode of The Flash. Uh <laughs> I would do that shit in a minute. We're back to like I know kung fu. Absolutely. Yeah. And but we wouldn't use it for we wouldn't use it for good things like no. Neo did. We would use it for things like whoa, I watched Supergirl episode three. I I, <laughs> I would be like, so you're telling me in like five seconds I can just download the rest of Smallville? Awesome. Hit me up. Yeah. I've been at this for like months now, and I'm only in three and a half seasons in. Just. Go ahead. Hit me. Yeah. Just one shot. You're calling me. Dude, Red Queen. I'm like, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, um, turns out, McCad Brooks is not the only Jimmy Olsen that wants to be in Supergirl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Boots. Former Jimmy Olsen, Michael Lands, who played the character in season one of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, says he didn't even know Dean Cain was on the show, uh, and that he absolutely wants to be on the show. He said... I think it would be cool to have to be someone in germ- journalism. Uh, he a- actually apparently knows Andrew Kreisberg and joked that he would have to go bug him. Um, in case you guys didn't see the show or don't remember, Michael Lands was replaced on Lois and Clark by Justin Whalen. 
according to Lands, it was because he looked too much like Dean Cain. And for Ooh. that reason, I think they should have him on Supergirl as Dean Cain's stand-in. of course i think it would be amazing but you know what's weird about that about him saying that is i think justin whalen looks more like dean kane than he does (laughs) oh just you know just one shot where like they think they see their dad you know you know that 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 moment in yeah, where, like you you've lost someone and you see somebody across the street and they're like turning a three quarter profile or something and you you think mm-hmm. you see him and yeah. you go what dad and and it is him that's actually playing the role right then and then the bus comes by and he's gone yeah that would I mean that, you know, that would even, make me pretty happy yeah absolutely even my idea that idea and my idea wouldn't actually work because let's just say that Michael Lands has gotten more chiseled in his old age. And Dean Kane is not, but I I don't think the daughters would care. Hey, you know what? Michael Lance has come a long way since he was Winnie Cooper's first boyfriend on Wonder Years. That's all I'm saying. Dear God, you <laughs> <laughs> may be like his the leading historian in this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just right then, I think you qualified. <laughs> I I I don't remember his face. I I I saw that show, but I I God, I couldn't tell you there was a recast to save my life. I, and you've said his name like five times right now, and I think it's Lands, and I'm not even sure. Yeah, it was Michael Lands. Michael Lands, great. All right, now that I've repeated it, I've got a shot. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you're gonna rattle off head- his IMDb page. It's fantastic. Anyway, this is why I love um, doing the show with you, Dave. <laughs> part is i didn't do that much research about him (laughs) i knew too much already Uh, (laughs) so i'm sure everyone's seen the all the headlines all over the place this week harley quinn on supergirl tee hee hee and then it's like oh it's kevin smith's daughter well yeah that's what's happening kevin smith's daughter harley quinn smith is going to be on the episode her dad is directing uh a bunch of piss ants on the internet of course have been bitching about her daughter she's untalented and uh, it's just got the job because her dad's there. Well, maybe, I don't know. I haven't seen the kid act since she, clerks too. And she was like five. So you know, no, I haven't seen yoga hosers. I'm sorry, Kevin. I, I, I keep meaning to, uh, but yeah. long <laughs> to think. I will reply with maybe and probably, but who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, We're on a show <laughs> where you all gladly accepted live wire. Fuck it. How bad can she possibly be? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, she posted a picture of her title card and the script from episode nine of Supergirl uh, with that says, National City, here I come. And I'm happy for the kid, you know? I mean, I it would be it, that would be a fun thing to do. Oh, yeah. So, you know, whatever. Like, I hope he makes it at least a birthday or Christmas present. Yeah. Um, so, here's a fun thing that happened in relation to Kevin Smith as well. Uh, for Halloween, apparently a bunch of the crew on Supergirl dressed up like either Jay and Silent Bob or Kevin Smith for Halloween. That's pretty great. He uh, posted a picture of it and uh, uh, against a green screen of everyone standing there all dressed up like Jay, Silent Bob, or Kevin Smith. 
This is a bunch of the crew from Supergirl dressed up like Jane Silent Bob or Kevin Smith for Halloween 2016 today. So we marked the occasion by taking a group shot on the stage's giant green screen. I warned the group a green screen background background meant we'd probably have dicks photoshopped in our faces. However, truly creative folks can put us in any number of places. Uh, That was pretty pretty amazing. Also, uh, very (laughs) self-aware. Yeah. Because he's absolutely right. And people are gonna not even just not even just dicks. Like they're gonna expand the photo and 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 then add like yeah, they're gonna make it movies worth of dicks. Just because now he's prompted them. That's what's funny about Kevin Smith too. Like people shit on him a lot, but you know what? People were probably going like, ha ha ha! I can't believe he shot this on a green screen. No, he's saying it. This is what you, I know what you're gonna do with it, and he knows that you're still going to do it. Right. But he's making his his uh <laughs> his Instagram and Twitter pictures um interactive in a way that most people don't think to market their materials oh yeah this is why he's still relevant (laughs) yes it's a little bit brilliant anyway all those awesome memes (laughs) yep all those often (laughs) gifs or gifs or whatever you want to call them depending on where you are Mm -hmm. he 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 pretty much told you to do it and you did it anyway you didn't even know it (laughs) incepted your ass These assholes shouldn't on Kevin Smith like that is that is on me. This is an original idea. No, right. no, it's not. Go away, Golden Fold. <laughs> My Rick and Morty peeps, holla! What up? Mm-hmm. Anyway, We're uh, looking forward cool to uh, pretty much all his episodes, right? And uh, mm-hmm. just kind of fingers crossed about getting signed for Arrow too. I would hope. I would like to see like I know he can do funny. I've laughed at his films for. I mean. At least a combined, at least a combined couple of hours of pure laughter. If you just take out even the spots where I wasn't laughing during the film because it wasn't a beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, don't even include his yeah. podcast. Like, man, the man's caused me great amounts of joy. Just, I'd love to see what joy he could bring to Arrow. I think he'd be. Oh man, that would be a fun episode. Have you seen these uh, these commercials that have been going on uh, with uh, Aaron Sorkin? It's like the Aaron Sorkin Masterclass, and they have like little <laughs> cuts of things. That, like, yeah, they give, like, the whole run now, like, West Wing and blah, 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 and, and they don't list Studio 60, and I was like, bastards. Why? Anyway. That's just, that's criminal. <laughs> right? But he has all these, like, little rules that he peppers throughout the commercial, you know? Uh, I, I'm actually kind of tempted to try to figure out how much this would cost me. But um, at the same time, like, I would love to, just thinking about now, I was like, I would love to see a Kevin Smith masterclass where he tells, or, like, he tells you all the opposite things that Aaron Sorkin <laughs> did. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it'd be fun. Parts of his, though, like I'm sure he's. So I'm. I'm. I'm gonna just play with his stereotype right now, so I feel bad. But you feel like his master class would involve like, okay, this episode is about percentage of dick mentioned during a movie. <laughs> the movie should be at least twenty percent dick. I, th- I feel like that's just compulsory with him. Like it's not an, an actual thought of how what kind of percentage. In all you know, fairness, that's like, still a smaller amount than a Seth Rogen film. But hey, you know what? That Flash episode he directed? I didn't hear any dick jokes. Not one dick joke, and I, I cried. So just fuck me. I know. I know. Here's the thing about Kevin Smith. I apologize Smith. Huge, for playing stereotype there. Kevin Smith is hugely self-deprecating. Um, he makes cracks that he can't do action. He makes cracks that he can't like make anything without a dick joke or a fart joke. The truth of the matter is... He did is, all that. He, he can do all of that. Like, Kevin Smith's greatest p- superpower is 
touching my freaking heart. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you look at Chasing Amy, that that movie kills me. At the yes. core of Clerks, at the core of Clerks is about a guy who doesn't who is afraid to shit or is afraid to shit, man. He won't he needs to shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Do something with his life and he won't do it because he's too afraid. Right. Um and I love that movie so much more because it's Kevin Smith actually doing that. Yeah. Like really yeah. trying to actually get out there and Absolutely. do the damn thing. Absolutely. And Dogma has some of the most heartfelt scenes I've ever seen. And yeah, a lot of that is due to Ben Affleck. God bless oh, you, Ben Affleck on that doorway. <laughs> so, uh, bless yeah, him. don't, you know, yeah, there are some questionable, questionable uh, decisions by Kevin sometimes in some of his films, but damn it, the man's made me run the gamut of emotions. I Even with Tusk. seeing him do it here. <laughs> the only, the only... How do you go from Tusk to like a Flash episode that made me cry? How does that happen? I don't know. How do you go from uh, Red State to Tusk? I mean, yeah, man's got range. He does. We apologize for the vignette about Kevin Smith, but he's all over DC television right now. So uh, he's all over DC television right now, and I'm just sick of seeing everybody shit on him because I like his stuff. Yeah. Even when I don't like his stuff, I go, "Well, that was interesting at least. Yeah, it was weird." Especially like the first couple of years of his podcast are basically like a BTAS retrospective. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fat Metal Batman, guys. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, there are these cool new character posters they've released for Supergirl. It's got like Supergirl and Kara and Alex and Manhunter and Hank Henshaw. They did like the secret identities thing. Mm-hmm. What was weird is they put, they put Alex in like a weird power suit, but didn't show her in the DEO outfit. Like, I was like, come, come on. <laughs> she's always in the DEO outfit. I know. That's what I'm thinking. And like, she's perfectly. She's a badass in the outfit. Why, why, why are we? Absolutely. Yeah. She only puts on the the big superpowered thing when she literally has to beat up superpowered people. Otherwise, she's yeah. perfectly adequate at beating up regular people. Yeah, it's like the Supergirl version of the of the uh, what's it uh, the ScarJo Black Widow costume. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so cool little Easter egg. There's a Batman 89 Easter Easter egg in Supergirl in an alien dive bar. Uh, the alien dive bar they've recently introduced. It was actually supposed to only be a one-shot uh, location, but they kind of dug it, and the writers started, you know, writing stuff for for that for that uh, setup. We were we were apparently right on board with that. Like we we mentioned on the show, like man, I like that set. I kind of hope it stays around. Mm-hmm. I, um, it, it just is. It's a well-designed set. So the production designer. Tyler Heron said uh, that it was intended to look grimy and industrial. Um, he says there's there are elements that you might recognize from other shows. Um, they actually put up like 26 pictures. I didn't see anything I recognized from other shows necessarily. Um, he says, I've been in places like this, so it was really important to me to get a really nasty texture and, and, and dirty feel. The tables, I wanted to be a little bit bashed and feel and really dirty to feel like there's gum underneath. There isn't, but to give it that feel like you don't want to touch anything here. You might catch something or something might catch you. Um, <laughs> I would have put gum underneath just to mess with the actors. So one of the little things that he did, though, is they they put a... Uh, piece of graffiti on the on the wall it was like someone hand wrote in sharpie um have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they say you'll probably never see that that part of the wall on screen but it's there and the actors see it every day <laughs> <laughs> um, which i thought was cool and there's also another piece of gra- uh, graffiti that says dark side is coming oh that's fun too 
but you know it's still unlikely that it'll ever be seen no i and it shouldn't it would just be too distracting but i really like it for the people on uh, like on set that they're enjoying themselves yeah me too um but yeah some of the pictures are just like a lot of like like there's a bottle of sulfur there's you know different different chemicals um <laughs> there's a uh there's like a chart of different martinis or different uh cocktails sorry and uh, some of them are just completely alien in nature is is you know there's a periodic table of elements on the wall it's fun <laughs> Uh, so we mentioned this on the Supergirl episode, our last Supergirl episode, I think. Um, but they are bringing in Cyborg Superman on Supergirl. Yeah. In the synopsis for The Darkest Place, November 21st episode of Supergirl, is Supergirl versus Cyborg Superman while, Car- while Guardian tries to clear his name after being accused of a murder committed by another vigilante. Uh, Supergirl heads out on a solo mission to re- rescue Monel, who has been captured by Cadmus. While fighting to free Monel, Supergirl comes face to face with Cyborg Superman. That sounds badass. Yes. Guardian trying to clear his name. That's dark as shit for this show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that sounds cool. so quick. I mean, he's, it feels like he's just getting his feet under him for that. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, here's something weird I didn't notice until recently, like today. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen Road to Perdition? Yeah. You know the kid, like Tom Hanks' kid in the movie? I do remember him. It's Tyler Hecklin. That's Superman. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks Isn't saved that weird? Superman. <laughs> from jude law that weird from jude law moving on to the flash they've released a new poster it's just barry in costume running toward the camera it says feel the rush i always do mm-hmm. um run barry run. they've released yeah they've released uh promo pictures from the november 14th episode shade and we have theorized and have been theorizing uh that wally would go to alchemy for help and getting his powers, like he would actively go. Um, it looks like this was happening. Extremely obvious, shots. yeah. Yeah, looks like this was happening in these shots. I guess he could still have been kidnapped or something, but I don't think so. Um, and then there was the promo for for. With Shane. any luck, it's actually something where like Barry realizes he wants to do it, and they decide to mm-hmm. set up alchemy by sending him in. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I'm just being. Uh, that's wishful. Now, the promo for that show, for that episode, has Joe saying, you're getting powers. And it shows, like, Wally having the, the dreams and whatnot of Flashpoint. Um, and then Alchemy telling Barry, you have no idea what's coming. And, you know, as villains are wont to do. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping World War M. <laughs> After HR mentioned it, we're just really HR excited about it. it. But I'm assuming Alchemy is actually talking about the, the Dominators. I'm imagining, like, some Kingdom Come shit. Yeah, no, that makes more sense. But Yeah, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Man Den of Geek was dream. talking, yes, and often does, mm-hmm. uh, Den of Geek was talking to Carlos Valdez, uh, Kenyon Lonsdale and uh, Tom Cavanaugh about HR Wells. Uh, Carlos Valdez said it's really going to give Tom Cavanaugh a lot of play time and has really <laughs> given him a lot of play time so far. You can expect a lot of HR's business and backstory to be rooted in some of his writing, of his and spe- and specifically the narrative that he's tackling will reveal itself over upcoming episodes. Um, he also added that because of the face he's wearing, a face that has betrayed Team Flash before, HR has the cards stacked against him. Um, Lonsdale said noted uh, that not a Wells that we he's not a Wells that we can easily count on all the time. Kavanaugh. Uh, just talking about crafting all the different versions of Wells. Uh, 
says that he always tries to find an element of the show that's missing. Um, he says Harry was a daily antagonist in a way, the show, uh, which is in a way, and the show, which is filled with so many delightful characters, didn't really have a daily antagonist. So that's what he tried to do before. Um, he says in the first season, he seems good, but he's bad. In the second season, he seems bad, but he's good. And in this season, I wonder what he is. He says he's a bit of a con man, but I didn't want to repeat myself from last year. So what I thought I would try this year is a guy who fills it up with comedy, if you will. I love it. Um, talking about the uh, the Wells montage of the different Earth Wells, he says, I'm having a lot of fun with it, but you don't want to upset the card or pull the carpet out from what you're trying to do. You want to actually contribute and have this element. And in this instance, it's a, com- it's a comedic element. You want to make sure that it isn't disruptive to the story, but it actually aids and abets it. Basically, they wrote the roughest schematic, and then I went to town. They could have released an entire episode with those four characters. Um, yeah, apparently he just like he said he felt bad for Carlos Valdez and um, Daniel Panabaker because they were just stuck there with him as like they spent like an entire day with him doing all these different Wells characters <laughs> and like they were just shooting him doing all this crazy shit and they just cut it down to a couple of minutes. <laughs> that sounds right. Yep. Uh, so a synopsis for the Kevin Smith Flash episode was released. Uh, Caitlin uses her powers to save Barry, but as her mother predicted, the effort unleashes her inner Killer Frost. Killer Frost goes on a rampage looking for Dr. Alchemy, kidnapping Julian, and battling both the Flash and Vibe. Meanwhile, Joe and HR have a heart-to-heart talk. That all sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Just yes. yes Nothing yes, about yes. this that's, yeah, just all, all kinds of yeses bring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to all, uh, Oliver. On to Arrow. On to Oliver's <laughs> other identity. Um, Stephen Amell was talking about Elicity and moving on. He says, I thought that Oliver was fine, if not slightly confused that Felicity didn't tell him that she was dating someone. I wasn't a huge fan of the idea that she wouldn't say something because of all the reasons that their relationship fell apart last year, which was about secrets being kept. To me, when I played those scenes in Human Target, I was just like, hey, we work together, so if you're keeping anything from me, anything, why? Is it because you don't trust me? And if you don't trust me, is that a problem? To me, it was really about getting to the source of what her issue was. It was less about Oliver and more about, are we okay? Are we good? Now, it's not just about you and me down there. We have John back in the fold. We have Thea operating the political access of Star City. And we have these new recruits looking for us, looking to us for guidance. So let's make sure that as the theoretical leaders of the team that we are on the same page. Um, he says, I don't know there if times, Oliver's honestly, ready. Honestly, where Stephen Mill sounds like he'd make a better leader of this team than Oliver does. Absolutely. I, I'm convinced that Oliver Queen in the comics is Stephen Amell. <laughs> I don't know why he's not just playing himself. Just, just leave every everything except his lines is filled out in the script. He just It, it mm. just says, like, Queen, colon. Right. I think hopefully the show is moving in a direction. And there's there is some evidence to suggest this. I think hopefully the show is moving in a direction where by the end of the show, he will not be playing Oliver Queen. He will just be playing Stephen Amell, who goes by the name Oliver Queen. Yeah. That, that so way, just, just like the, the finale of this series should just be absolutely live. Just let Stephen Amell, like, just let Stephen Amell <laughs> go. Yeah. Uh, on, on whether or not Oliver's going to be moving on romantically, he says, I don't know if he's ready to move on, but it's time for Oliver to have another relationship. We actually had a moment earlier this year I was talking with executive producer wendy miracle i said currently we're not allowed to say playboy he has dated one woman since season two he had a fling with isabel rochev in season two that's it stop writing playboy if you'd like him to be a playboy then by all means start writing him as one and then we can do it 
I've had a couple of scenes with Carly Pope, who has done a great job as Susan Williams, and I do think that there will be some exploration of a certain element of romance between the two of them. I hope that people will enjoy it, because I've found it to be really dynamic so far. Uh, it would be most interesting if Susan Williams wasn't just necessarily a spy in the weeds, some sort, uh, sort of in the way that there was no redeeming quality on Isabel Rochev. She was there to play Oliver from the beginning. So maybe Susan Williams is learning something, but concurrently, maybe her relationship with Oliver will some will become dynamic and she won't want to do what she did to Thea in the earlier part of the season. Susan appears to be up to no good, but in reality, she's just following a very interesting story. I mean, the mayor of the show where she is, the mayor of the town where she is, is a, is a news reporter, was clearly not on an island for five consecutive years, which I mean... I think it's about time we did that. I always think back to the first Nolan Batman. I think it's Rachel Ghoul that says the world is too small, a place for someone like Bruce Wayne to disappear. Theoretically, Oliver Queen was sort of, even if he wasn't as famous, and he wasn't, he did perish in a very famous incident within our story. <laughs> I always thought he, when he was in Hong Kong, that someone would stop and be like, "Hey, you look like Oliver Queen." But no, I'm glad this. Uh, I'm glad that it's happening. <laughs> Um, I like how he's like self-deprecates. He's like, which Oliver Queen isn't as as big as as Bruce Wayne. Don't right. get me started on that. I guess it's, it's fine. I'm just <laughs> saying. Um, <laughs> uh, I like where Stephen Amell's head is at, and hopefully he is getting to the point where he's getting a little more say with the producers on what's happening. Uh, I mean, you hear stories with all the the great shows that lasted a long time and are renowned for years to come. Like at some point the actors just become the boss. Like even in that showrunners documentary, um, the showrunner of bones said, okay, in season one, you're their boss in season two, they're your boss mm-hmm. referring to the actors. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, the actors need to inform the characters to some degree. Like you would, you, there are stories about, you know, Leonard Nimoy on star Trek going like coming in and telling a director, no Spock wouldn't do this. And they had to acquiesce <laughs> because, I mean, dude, what are you going to do? This is, it this makes is sense, it, especially in a case where you have someone who has the capacity to make those decisions. If you have someone who's mm-hmm. got the character, like you, they've really got this character, yeah, defer. If you have someone who's an absolute, uh, well, you know, crazy pants, maybe mm-hmm. you don't defer there. Right. But it's up to you so, as a uh, producer or writer to make that judgment. Mm-hmm. So it looks like uh, they're bringing in another person into Arrow, Juliana Harkavi uh, of The Walking Dead, Constantine, and Dolphin Tale, which I wonder how she was, was, was she the same character in Constantine? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't look into that. I don't know why. But she's <laughs> going to play a, <laughs> she's going to play a detective named Tina Bolin. Um, and they say she doesn't appear to be an established DC Comics character. So uh, I, I haven't had time gonna to guess no look on into that. that. Um, they're citing her as a detective formerly of Central City. Boland is brash, yet tactful, tough, speaks her mind, and is not the easiest person to impress. She also has a problem with vigilantes like Green Arrow and his new team of recruits, Wild Dog, Artemis, Curtis Holt, and Ragman. Um, now, <clears throat> our buddy Jason Smith mm-hmm. posted a link on Facebook. It says, what were you guys saying about Talia being played out and won't be used? Because Talia Agul is coming to Arrow. Lexa Doig, I guess that's how you say her name, Continuum, Stargate SG-1, the 4400, is going to be showing up on Arrow this season as Talia Al Ghul for multiple episodes. Hmm. She'll show up uh, first in the 10th episode of season 5 titled, Who Are You? Um, now, I did respond to Jason Smith. I said, uh, we were talking about the movies. Played out as Arrow's bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember mentioning, though, that like even the Rage storyline, like I, 
I did. Yeah, you did bring up. Bring Arrow. it up. You did. But you did. I will also say this: Color S fucked. <laughs> I wonder what shade of crayon that is. I... <laughs> Melt them I all together. Mm. Now look, I mean, I it was a funny thing that I thought played out as Arrow's bread and butter. I'm just joking. I mean, I'm not joking, but I am. Like Arrow this season has been damn good. So <laughs> yes, it, it really has. It's a, we, it's a fun God day. knows we've been hard on it, but we have been singing its praises so far this season. <laughs> uh, so Mark Guggenheim on Twitter posted headed out of town. He put he put up a picture of a fake billboard, just like the one he did for Coast City last year. Um, this billboard has rundown buildings. Looks like it was a picture taken in the 1970s a little bit. Um, but it says, Hub City, prime development potential will suit all buyer groups. Um, sorry, prime development potential. And then it says, will suit all buyer groups, gives owners the chance to build around their needs and provides developers or investors with the ability to purchase, develop, and lease out a fresh and creative commercial space in the country's most sought-after city. Don't miss this amazing once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Sponsored by WWB, Worldwide Broadcasting, Hub City's most popular all-news, everyday radio station. Now, the part that I like is Hub City uh, <clears throat> prime development potential. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know, Hub City is the home of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully this isn't just a, a, a little joke that's being thrown into Arrow like Coast City was. You know damn well it I is. Would, hey... I know. Well, maybe. Goops maybe. has done this to us before. But you know what? You know what? Though, here's the thing: the question isn't being used anywhere else. He's not being part. He's not a part of the DCEU, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. No one has even mentioned him. There's been not a whisper that I've heard. So, hey, Guggenheim, do you want to know who else should be on Oliver's team of new recruits? I have the answer, and that answer is the question. <laughs> oh, he would annoy the shit out of Oliver too. <laughs> I know. I want all of his conspiracy theories. I want the whole thing. I That'd want be a lot of the fun. question. Oh my gosh! And, you know, if they did it though, like Curtis and um, Curtis and Felicity would just—the question has a habit of of it's all, it's all conspiracy theories, but like some part of it seems like it makes sense. So he would be perfect mm-hmm. for that. Where like they they would think, okay, I know that sounds crazy, but I have to actually chase that lead, and all of them just like sigh and walk out of the room. Fucking whatever. Shoulders that at that angle just say fucking whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. God. Uh, oh man, I would love to see the question. I would just uh, oh. with the blue coat. I'll be honest. I it, as excited as we were about Ragman this year, and we should have been more because he's been fantastic. <laughs> well, the reason I wasn't excited about Ragman as much as I should have been is because I was a little worried they weren't going to do the supernatural element after season four. Yeah, and but after like, get rid of the supernatural element, go back. As soon as you were introduced to him, though, it just. You know, you you knew you knew how good it was going to be, and the guy playing him, everything. It's just been oh, it's been great. Yeah, yeah, I want all this. <laughs> Sorry, I got lost in thought thinking about all that about the question being involved, and if they bring the huntress back, and oh man, what a cool show that would be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, they have released promo pictures for uh, Dolph Lundgren's character Kovar. He looks very dapper. He's in he's in a tux. Um and I just wonder when the hell Dolph is gonna age. Um I I'm pretty sure that's what his like middle school pictures look like. <laughs> like What's the doctor funny? that that bore him was what like picked him up and went, Well, what you've you've got an action star. 
Mm-hmm. How do you know? Because he's six foot four and muscly. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I think it's funny. After all the shit we gave Arrow for trying to copy season two of Daredevil, which mm-hmm. featured the Punisher, that they would actually hire the Punisher what? to be a bad guy on their show. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, shit. Dolph Lundgren played the, played the Punisher. Forgot about that. <laughs> yep, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the same show the... that made like 700 wrestling references the time they had a wrestler on. Mm-hmm. And they all worked. And they, so. they did. They did okay. <laughs> they did a really good. They're job not known of that. for subtlety, <laughs> but for pulling it off, they get points. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so on, on Legends of Tomorrow, Victor Garber, uh, they were they comicbook.com asked Greg Berlanti if uh, Victor Garber was going to make his way over to the Supergirl Flash musical episode. And uh, Berlani says, oh, I'd be crazy not to. <laughs> He's got one of the best voices. He actually sang for me at, at an event once. And if I ever get married, I'll have him sing at the wedding. Oh. So I'm sure they can work him in somehow. Uh, Brandon Routh on being Sans Adam's suit. This is something a little bit that we were talking about. You were talking about you got cut off because of technical difficulties mm-hmm. in the Legends of Tomorrow uh, episode or review. Refer to previous um, bullshit. All right. Brandon says he created the suit, Ray did, in order to be more of a hero. He couldn't take out the Mirakuru soldiers when they attacked the city and killed his fiance. His whole mission in life since then was to create the suit to be a hero. So he is without purpose and lost in many ways without the suit, because that's what made him, in his mind and everyone's mind, kind of a hero. Is a hero's mind and a hero's heart enough to affect change? His teammates won't be mourning the suit in, in quite the same way. Out of necessity, they move on. Ray takes on different roles, trying other things out for a few episodes, trying to give purpose. Not a lot of time is spent reverently on it. Uh, being without the suit gives him an opportunity to figure out this whole hero business, Ralph continued. All this kind of stuff comes into play very heavily in the next three episodes, uh, one of which we've just seen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like you were saying, uh, you know, if he's got to try on a few different suits, a, different, a few different uh, personas to find him his way back to Ray, you know, that would be an interesting journey. Yeah. Uh, Berlani and McDonough. On the Legion of Doom, now the, what they have to say here actually interested me. They they actually did they 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 say it's being tentatively called the Legion of Doom this episode, but it is actually called the Legion of Doom because I just saw the the picture of the of the script that Guggenheim sent out. Um, <laughs> Berlani says it's the ultimate bad guy team up. We just finished the script uh, that we're tentatively tentatively calling Legion of Doom. That's all from the bad guy's perspective. That's the part that interests me. That is I look forward cool. to that, and I like that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> that's one of the See, best episodes uh, of uh, Raven the Bold. Absolutely. And that's high marks, because that show is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Neil McDonough, uh, Damian Dark, says, Legends is a different show. It's a little bit lighter. Now with Barrowman this year, the two of us and Matt were having so much fun being really evil, but in a fun way. Arrow is a different show. It was the greatest experience of my life. Um, he talks about Damien Dark being removed from the timeline uh, and how that could change Damien Dark dying. He says, why does he eventually lose? That's not necessarily true now. They found a time machine. They picked me up in the 40s and I'm off to the races now. There's no end to Damien Dark. Not only is Legends a different show than Arrow, Dark himself will be a slightly different character, they're saying. He says, not having my wife at that point and not knowing who my wife is, I don't know that I'm, I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to get married. I don't know 
that I'm going to murder hundreds of thousands of people. None of that stuff. I don't want to say he's a little more evil, but I also don't have as much to fight for. So I'm more of a loose cannon, which is fun to play. He was already a pretty damn loose cannon. I know, right? That just excites me so much. It does. (laughs) We had zero problems with what he did last season. We had uh, mounting problems with what they did with his powers and and his Uh mission. Mm -hmm. After a while, the... The story itself started to get a little weird, but he was always absolutely <laughs> enthralling. Absolutely. Uh, now, comicbook.com is reporting that they've noticed uh, a new bit of set dressing added to the Wave Rider. Um, Starman's gravity rod. Like hmm. old school Ted Knight's golden age Starman's gravity rod. Just kind of hanging out on a shelf. <laughs> 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 we'll figure that out at some point. Um. Daniel Panabaker uh, apparently told Entertainment Weekly that the biggest fear for Caitlyn and for Team Flash is how powerful they, how powerful the Dominators are, and how much of an unknown they are. Uh, she says we're only getting used to dealing with metahumans with these powers that have generally come from the Particle Accelerator Explosion or Doctor Alchemy, and those are formulas we're a little more used to. Having these guys come in from who knows where, the biggest question mark for all of them is starting to figure out how they're going to battle them. Um, Dominators, again, uh, I'm so, I can't wait for this crossover. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I just want all the things. Um, I feel like a kid who is just like the fat kid that I am. Like, you know, you hear a fat kid in a candy store. Um, this is the candy store and you just kind of have to wait till about Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, not so, I was just thinking about Thanksgiving. I wasn't even thinking about the candy store. <laughs> hey, it, it couldn't be better. Like, I don't want, I just, I don't want, I don't just want candy. I want all the things. You're going to get all the um, things. Well, I hope so. Thanksgiving. Um, so, uh, DC Superhero Girls has released a new episode um, called Ultimate Accessory. Uh, sorry, Accessory. Yeah, um, following Bumblebee as she decides, sorry, designs a high tech accessory for her weaponomics class. Um, so that happened. They also put out a uh, the third chapter of DC's Digital First series, which is a little like web comic. For the DC Superhero Girls. Pastimes at Superhero High. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently in this week's chapter, Beast Boy spends some quality time with his fellow dinosaurs. And Batgirl and Harley Quinn must learn to work together in order to fix their time machine and find their lost teacher. So, uh, I don't know. I'll try to... I don't see much news about DC Superhero Girls. But I'll try to work that in a little bit more as I find it. Um, for anyone who's interested. I've never seen it. I, I keep meaning to go and look at it when I have some time, but I keep not having time. Mm-hmm. I will say that I really want those target exclusive action figures. I like the designs of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll have to get them on Amazon because I'm just, I'm just too ashamed to go and buy like, like, toys for little girls. No, I'm sorry. Little boys, I'm, I'm fine. Surely you've you bought know? something worse than that. Mm, I don't know. Um, I can't name a precedent <laughs> though. I can't, I can't. I really can't. You know what? You know what? You know what? I uh, when we we were shooting a, a comedy sketch that we never actually got through with. Ah. And um, I bought uh, I went to Party City. I bought falsies because I had to play a woman. Sure. I bought falsies and uh, a wig, and then I went to Walmart and bought a blouse and a bra. And uh, the lady at the cat at the checkout actually, so, you know, I'm in Alabama, so some guys called me some names. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, like, the lady at the checkout just, like, and she saw me, like, every day. Like, I went to Walmart every day. And mm-hmm. she, you know, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good, and blah, blah, blah. 
And, uh, and then she sees me buying that stuff and she just looks at me. She never looked at me the same way again. It was so weird and funny. <laughs> like she just like every time I like, would come in for milk and she would just like, look at me like, yeah, I know you're wearing What you doing with that milk? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was about. So yeah, the, the <laughs> closest I can remember in my recent memory is like seeing a, uh, we got a Christmas present. No one will listen to this. So I can, I mean, and he's like. Four. Uh, but we got a Christmas present for uh, for my nephew. That's um, it's it's literally like a it's a it's an arm like a wrist mounted thing where you you literally uh-huh. pull your hand down and it sprays like silly string like Spider Man. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. And I I kind of got weird looks for a second. I was like, all right, first of all, this is a present, and second of all, yes, I would wear this right now if it wouldn't ruin the present. So <laughs> what? Yeah, that kind of thing. I don't I don't mind. It's just like I don't know. First of all, it's weird to be hanging out in that section of the toy aisle anyway, where like the little girl section, people like give you weird looks. No, that one will get like, you. Like when yeah. whenever I go to Toys R Us by myself, like everyone, like every employee stops and asks me if I have a child. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm serious. Like I'm six no, four. No, uh, yeah, I grown ass man. Like it, it, you get like, to Walmart and you almost have, you almost have to like scout the section. Like okay, no one's there. Okay, no, <laughs> no one's coming. I'm just gonna sink down real quick. Just gonna, oh, child's coming. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run. Here, are my hands. I'm just showing you my hands. My hands are up here. Everyone can see my hands. Yeah, yeah. Just came here for action figures. Promise. Yeah, I remember one time I was like in Walmart toy aisle. We'll move on after this. I swear. I was in the Walmart <laughs> toy aisle and I was like picking up all the like the multiverse like six inch action figures. You know, they're got some pretty badass multiverse figures, and um. I was holding them and they all kind of started slipping out of my hands and to catch them, I just kind of crushed them up against my crotch. <laughs> and then like a woman and her kid came around the corner and saw me standing there like that. And just like, they turned around. He's like, come on, come on, let's go. I was like, I wanted to yell back. No, I'm not trying to tempt anyone over here. And this is not, this is not a lure. I'm just not well coordinated. Please <laughs> come back. Don't ruin comics for your child because of me. Don't ruin comics for your child because of me. It's a great way to put it. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, the uh, We talked about DC Legends, the uh, mobile RPG game that came out for iOS. It is now available for Android. So, you know, I, I might download it and check it out now. Guys, go forth. Role play. It looked a little too fun. Kind of afraid I might lose my job if I download that thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to, I know what it's going to be for me. It's going to be like, I will start playing it and like, it will feel like two minutes have passed and I'll look down and my battery's dead on my yep. phone. That happens and all I, the time. And I, I still have a full day ahead of me without a charger in, in front of me. So <clears throat> yeah, um, that's why I had to stop playing Star Trek timelines and hungry shark world, uh, unless I'm like laying in bed with the charger hooked up while I'm doing it. And even then I'll get a message saying like, you are using up so much battery that, that you can't charge fast enough to keep oh. up oh <laughs> we just made the same noise at the same time mm-hmm. oh we share a brain and it's weird yeah and comforting <laughs> i'm here for you dave <laughs> clearly you're in my brain <laughs> like a clot anyway <laughs> i'm too lazy to be an aneurysm well all you have to do is really just lay there <laughs> <laughs> It blocks shit up. It's more of a stroke. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I think that's all for this week. Ending on a stroke. Uh, ending on a stroke. 
Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to DC On Screen. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. And you know what? If you gave us reviews on Stitcher, let us know. We'll probably just enter you into the contest. It's good. Um, I don't see a reason why not. Because why the hell not? iTunes, we we prefer iTunes because it's like the leading podcast aggregator or whatever. But I'm going to be frank. It does a little more good. Like I'm going to be franker. It does a lot more good for us. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what? We love you guys. So, I don't know. Let us know if you left a review. Anyway, uh, 1 in 10 get entered into this contest to get a free trade paperback. DC, of course, trade paperback. Uh, Blu-ray or DVD valued at $15 or less. And you know what? A lot of things are valued $15 or less, like a ton of things. You guys could get like entire movie serials for like 10 bucks, like seven bucks even. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you get two things because two of them may, winds up being almost $15. You get one thing. It's your choice on the price. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I want to get stingy, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, still, still, uh, a lot for a little, so, uh, go give us those five-star written reviews, and, uh, we are proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com. Once again, our eternal thanks to Christopher White, Randall Smith, Jason Smith, and of course, Matt Carroll, for whom, without, for whom, I don't know what I'm saying, without Matt, we wouldn't have the technology to do this episode this week, so, thank you very much, um... Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, mcucast.com. I think that's it. Oh, wait, no. This, I'm, this week in what? particular, Roland Smoker, Matthew Ryan Cronin. They said stuff? Roland Smoker did last week, and I don't know if we mentioned it. I think it was one of the things oh. that, um, God willing, might have been one of the things that got cut off when uh, Oh, okay. all of the technology died. Okay. It's so hard for me to keep up with everything. I thought I had everything. Oh, you know what? Matthew Ryan Cronin's birthday was this week, so happy birthday, dude. We'll oh throw that gosh. in anyway. I very good. We lost so listener. much when awesome all guy. of the technology died that I, I felt like we should just throw them in in case. Okay, just in work. in damn case. We love all you guys. Everyone who who contributes, who just listens, and we just know you're there. We can just feel you pulsating like parasites against our heart. No one pulsates. Just, We're all too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. I, and to be honest, I don't know of any parasites that pulsate against anything or against a heart. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It just sounded funny in my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we love you guys for listening and uh, and for and for interacting with us. And we wish more of you guys would interact with us. Um, we just crossed the the twenty million uh, twenty million. I wish twenty thousand <laughs> uh, likes on Facebook. We just crossed two thousand on Twitter. I'm, I'm a lot less active. As, or what I was, I'm a lot more active now on Twitter. A lot of more, uh, I, I get a lot more uh, interaction on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, on DC on screen. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're also on Google Plus. So hit us up there. We're everywhere. Go talk to us. Send us funny gifs or gifs of Bill Murray saying things and smiling or crying after uh, the Cubs won. Oh, I felt so good for him. <laughs> I was rooting for the Cubs just because he was just because I wanted him yeah. to have a good day and your rooting worked so he's got that going for him which is nice did you see what I did there it was a good time <laughs> alright we're lonely come talk to us until next week when we hopefully have normal sized uh, episode reviews but we'll be missing a flash keep some DC on your screen 
You know what's sad though? It's been nice what? to like let loose for a whole episode, but I have seriously like on my recording software, I have been staring at every single frame with with like a raised heartbeat. <laughs> I'm I experiencing you, extreme PTSD from last week. All right, I'm uh, I'll let it go at that. Forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.